Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel Facebook.com/slash/agcraftbeercast. Via email at albertg@nycradio.com, and don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search. For AG Craft Beer Cash, you can find all the shows on those two platforms. A little record company from their latest, I'm Getting Better and I'm Feeling It Right Now. That's from the All of This Life uh, CD that came out uh, just uh, about a month or two ago. These guys are going to be playing this week, uh, oh God, somewhere in New York City, I forgot, on the Upper West Side uh, over on 10th Avenue. I really want to go and see them. Uh, it's Thursday night, this coming Thursday night, but I probably am not going to get there. Uh, it's a standing room only joint. My legs have not been the best uh, over the last several months from all the neuropathy uh, that I'm dealing with from uh, recovering from my, my cancer. And so to be to stand there for hours waiting for this band to come on, because this is kind of a general admission place where you kind of get in and you have to kind of find your spot, you know, closest to the stage or near the beers or the bathroom or wherever. And then you got to stand there. Until they come on, and there's a couple of opening, you know, there's an act or two that will play before the record company. So it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, do I really want to do that? Um, so probably not going to get a chance to see them this time around. But this is a great band, the record company. Three-piece sets, kind of blues, jazzy, a little bit of rock and roll. But, I mean, really, really good stuff. Uh, these uh, these cats really know how to swing it. So uh, you definitely want to check them out uh, if you haven't already. Now, our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Chuck Garrity. He's the co-owner of Death of the Fox Brewing down in South Jersey. And with all of the New Jersey stuff that's been happening over the last few weeks with the ruling from the New Jersey Athletic Beverage Con- uh, Commission and then the public outcry and the reversal of the proposed changes, I wanted to get the take of an owner that these rules, if they were implemented right now, how it would affect his or her business. Uh, Chuck has been very vocal about it. He's done a number of different pieces for uh, local TV in Philadelphia, uh, down in South Jersey, uh, newspapers, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, wanted to get him on. Chuck was gracious enough. I shot him an email, uh, you know, late, late, no, I shouldn't say late last week, early last week. And said, hey, can you jump on? He said, no problem. Uh, Give me a time and day, and I'm uh, I'm absolutely in. So we'll hear from Chuck uh, in about 20 minutes about all of these things that are going on in New Jersey and why it's, from my perspective, it seems that the state of New Jersey wants to put, to, to shoot themselves in the foot again on local businesses doing well, and Governor Murphy has talked about how they need to promote small business, small business needs to thrive in the Garden State, and here is a segment uh, of business that is doing well in in New Jersey, 
and for some reason they want to put a damper on it. I have my own thoughts on it. I've, I've mentioned it before on the show. I'm going to mention it to Chuck during the interview and see what he thinks. So let's get into some news and notes, and we'll start off in New Jersey. Uh, Cape May and Left Hand uh, have decided to uh, collaborate on a really cool beer. They did it this past weekend, and it's available now. Uh, they uh, have collaborated with Left Hand Brewing out of Colorado, and it's called Ties the Room Together. And if that name sounds familiar, you would be right. It has to do with the Big Lebowski. It's a white Russian-inspired cream stout. I know that Scott Wells from Bolero Snort would be very happy to drink this. Um, it has been released for distribution in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. It just happened over the weekend. Uh, one of the cool things they did, though, this past weekend, uh, uh, this past Friday, they did a Big Lebowski-inspired bash at Cape May Brewing's tasting room uh, where the Cape May Airport is. So I thought that was really cool. People came in costumes. Obviously, who's uh, who's in a robe and, uh, you know, walking around maybe with a, what looks like a white Russian but is really the uh, the white Russian-inspired cream stout. Now, of course, Left Hand Brewing has been in operation since 1993. Uh, Cape May uh, has been doing things for the last 10 years that have been really knocking it out of the park. And they're starting to make their push from South Jersey up uh, towards North Jersey now. And more people are starting to see how good Cape May beer really is. And um, basically what it boiled down to was uh, the owners of both Cape May and Left Hand had gotten together uh, a couple of times. They decided, hey, let's try and uh, collaborate on something. Cape May head brewer Brian Hinks says we started throwing ideas out there. He threw out the idea of doing a um, uh, a, a big white Russian-inspired stout. Obviously, Left Hand has their nitro milk stout, so they decided to put that together, and they went for it. So the idea for an imperial cream stout flavored with coffee beans, cocoa nibs, lactose, and vanilla was a no-brainer, according to Hink. And, of course, as I mentioned, the beer inspired by the Coen's Brothers uh, cult classic, The Big Lebowski. And for those who are not aware of The Big Lebowski, in it, the dude, Jeffrey Lebowski, uh, quaffs multiple white Russians down while lamenting the loss of his rug in his apartment that really tied the room together. So uh, th- there it is. So they released it this uh, this past Friday. Uh, at the tasting room, they had this whole costume contest, inflatable bowling, collectible glassware, because bowling was a central theme uh, in the movie. They played music from uh, and inspired by the film uh, by a local musician. They had the Big Lebowski playing on their TV screens. Really, really cool stuff. So it is available in stores in New Jersey and Pennsylvania now, uh, on draft, I believe, and in cans. Uh, definitely want to pick this one up. It's, it's something that I certainly would like to try because I love a good stout. Now, this is really cool, and something I'm, I'm surprised that more breweries don't do, which I think would be a welcome addition uh, when you go out to try uh, different tasting rooms. And obviously, it depends on the locations. But uh, Angel City Brewery in Los Angeles, uh, them and Lyft are partnering with uh, Los Angeles citizens uh, in, uh, this Halloween. Now, starting Friday, October 26th, Customers can purchase Angel City Breweries Loaded with Hops IPA in a limited edition Hot Pink Lift and ACB Green 16-ounce cans that contain a $5 off code to promote a smart ride option from bars and restaurants throughout Los Angeles. This offer will allow one discounted ride per account for both new and existing Lyft riders. Beer lovers can purchase the Hot Pink and Green cans at a number of different places, um, including the brewery around Los Angeles, through the end of the year while supplies last. Now, the, brewer, uh, the brewery and rideshare collaboration will not be limited to cans, but will also offer a sweepstakes for riders and drivers from November 1st through December 31st. One lucky rider 
will win a $500 credit at the brewery and $500 worth of Lyft credits, while one driver wins a $250 credit at the brewery, $500 in Lyft credits, and $250 in gas money. To enter, you have to be 21 years of age or older. Uh, for um, more information on the cans or to enter the sweepstakes, uh, you just go to angelcitybrewery.com slash lift. The lift code is valid until February 1st of next year or while supplies last. And it's, of course, subject to lifts terms of service. The maximum discount is $5 up to a $10 ride. This is really cool. I think more breweries should partner up with these ride-sharing services with Uber and Lyft. It makes all the sense in the world. Look, we encourage people to drink responsibly. We encourage people not to drink and drive. Uh, We have a lot more options now in getting around, Uber and Lyft being two of them, obviously taxi cabs uh, here in New York City or a car service uh, elsewhere, right? Uh, You have public transportation, buses and trains, but maybe a lot of breweries, especially in New Jersey, are not located near central hubs. They're not located near mass transit. So partnering up with an Uber or Lyft would be a smart idea. Hey, I want to go to, let's say, Demented, uh, you know, or I want to go to Cyprus is a good example because they're located uh, off the beaten path. Um, Kane is another perfect example. They're located off the beaten path. Carton is kind of in a main area, but you really need a car to get there. I mean, you could take a bus. You could probably take a bus down there. But again, for convenience sake, why not partner up with a ride sharing service so that you get a discount, you know, in your first time? It doesn't have to be every time. But on your first time, to encourage people to come out to the brewery, you drink responsibly, and then you take the lift back to wherever you have to go. It's a smart idea. Kudos to Angel City Brewery for doing this. I think more people should do it to get them to drink responsibly. And finally, uh, in our last bit of news and notes here, uh, before we take a break, Weyerbacher is doing a pumpkin fest this coming Saturday, October 20th, from noon to 8 p.m. They're going to have a special edition of Arts, Crafts, and Drafts, Fall-Inspired Craft Projects for all age groups you pay at the door. Uh, the Da Vinci Center will be making pumpkin ice cream, and more fun activities are being added. They're going to have music as well as food from Vince's Cheesesteaks, and you'll get to check out uh, some of the different things uh, from Weyerbacher that's going on uh, in the, uh, eastern Pennsylvania. This is a great little brewery to go to. If you're living out in Jersey, out in West Jersey, and you want to check out something really cool, head over to Weyerbacher if you want. Go down to the Crayola Factory. Uh, they, you know, the Crayola Factory is fun for the kids, but this is definitely something that if you're looking uh, to do something uh, during October, uh, it, it's definitely uh, worth the trip to head over to Weyerbacher. Again, very easily located right off of Route 78 uh, in New Jersey and right over the border uh, in Pennsylvania. By the way, Rico Guave will also be available uh, at Weyerbacher. It is a 9% sour ale. That's going to be available uh, Friday, October 19th. And then Reserva, the American Wild Ale, uh, Wild Ale is going to be released. They have not given a release date yet, but it is coming very soon. So there's some good stuff uh, coming from Weyerbacher. And, of course, the Pumpkin Fest, Saturday, October 20th from noon to 8 p.m. And when we come back after a short break, we'll have some more news for you as we are just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage. And you know what it's made from, barley, hops, water, some other ingredients as well. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Joe Walsh is happy we gave the Democrats what they wanted. This is the last card the Democrats had to play. This FBI investigation, it's it. This is all they've been calling for now the last three weeks, so give it to them. This is better that it worked out this way. We gave the Democrats their last bone. It was a good move. 
The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11 and AM 970. The answer. If I say Mr. Italy, what comes to mind? To me and my family, Mr. Italy was, without a doubt, Mario Perillo. The Perillo family has been operating top-quality tours to Italy for over 74 years. They must be doing something right. Well, I say they're doing everything right. Carrying on the Perillo family tradition of excellence today is CEO Steve Perillo, making sure the business which carries his family name is nothing short of spectacular for each and every traveler. Consider the popular 14-day Italy North Classic Tour. Rome, Sorrento, Florence, Venice, and Milan. In one wonderful tour, you will see the heart of Italy and come home with memories that will last a lifetime. Maybe it's that special anniversary or a magical setting to renew your vows. That special person in your life deserves the best. Join Steve Perillo on a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. Call for the Perillo 2019 Italy brochure at 888-PERILLO. That's 888-PERILLO, P-E-R-I-L-L-O, or 888-737-4556, or visit PerilloTours.com. For simply the best travel experience of your life, Perillo Tours. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. How do Trump's policies affect small business? Where's cryptocurrency headed? Find out every Sunday afternoon at 1 on Newsmax TV's newest show, What's the Deal? Hosted by Wall Street entrepreneur John Tobacco. What's the Deal is a show unlike any other. It's where politics meets the economy. Catch John Tobacco and an array of special guests. Bypass the NFL and tune into Newsmax TV this Sunday afternoon at 1. Go to NewsmaxTV.com and find out how you can watch What's the Deal? I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer this one's going to be a short segment here because we did a, or at least I did a very long interview uh, that's coming up in just a couple of minutes from now with Chuck Garrity, who is the co-owner of Death of the Fox Brewing, and with all of the stuff that's been going on with the uh, New Jersey Athletic Beverage uh, Commission over the last several weeks about all these different rule changes that they wanted to make. Then they had the rule changes in for a week. Then they suspended the rule changes. Uh, I wanted to get uh, the take of an owner that if the rules were implemented, how it would affect his business. And Chuck had a lot to say about it. And he comes up with a unique idea where I feel that legislation should be the way to go in fixing these things uh, or – uh, maybe you know, get somebody in at the NJABC that actually knows what they're doing that can have that balance between restaurant and bar owners and the breweries. But Chuck has come up with a third option that you'll be interested to hear towards the end of the interview, 
Uh, and that's coming up in just a couple of minutes from now. So let's do this uh, quick, short news segment here uh, as we get to it. First up, Coronado Brewing sent me some new beers uh, earlier in the week, which I'm very excited about. Eric Z- uh, Zuazo from uh, Coronado, thanks for sending the beers over. Uh, two new beers, uh, both IPAs from Coronado. That are um, one's a double IPA, the other one is a single IPA. Uh, the first one is Weekend Vibes. That is the uh, San Diego style IPA. It's a six point eight percent ABV, uh, and it's available in sixteen ounce six pack cans in a big twenty two ounce bottle or on draft. And then the Never Better double IPA, which is an eight point one percent ABV, uh, and that is unfiltered. So. The San Diego uh, style IPA is bursting with tropical dankness, according to the press release. It is everything that you want from a San Diego style IPA, jam-packed with hop fruitiness, refreshingly dry. The uh, Never Better uh, IPA, this one has a vibrant blend of Vic Secret, Mosaic, and Citra, bursting with hop flavors of tropical mango, passion fruit, and resinous pine. One sip, and as they say, you'll go from good to never better. So I'm uh, intrigued about this because I want to try these two beers uh, over the weekend, and I will have a review on those coming up uh, on next week's program. But here is the interesting thing. So there is this story that I got uh, from, actually from Frank Morano, from a producer of another program, and he sent this over to me. Uh, uh, Get this, the oldest brewery in the world that they discovered in Israel, of all places, 13,000 years old. Now, this is from the Times of Israel, and um, a 60-year-old archaeological debate is coming to a head. A new Stanford University study of three 13,000-year-old stone mortars offers the earliest known physical evidence of an extensive ancient beer brewing operation. Now, this is amazing. It's an international team of scientists discovered tested residue from the mortars, which were used by the semi-nomadic Nataufins, I'm guessing the spelling N-A-T-U-F-I-A-N-S, and they discovered it near a graveyard site called the Rakafet Cave in the Car- uh, Carmel Mountains near Haifa in Israel. And apparently they've discovered that this brewery is the oldest brewery in the world at 13,000 years old. This is remarkable. So um, apparently this comes on the heels of a July report. Archaeologists working in northeastern Jordan discovered the charred remains of bread baked by these same people some 11,600 to 14,600 years ago. And according to the Stanford scientists, the ancient beer residue comes from uh, uh, the uh, uh, anywhere between just under 12,000 years and a little over 13,000 years old, potentially predating the bread. So it's obvious evidence that beer was one of the first produced things in the world, and this brewery is 13,000 years old. And it makes sense because beer was actually better to drink than the water. A lot of water was contaminated, and so they brewed beer in order to drink to drink it to to hydrate themselves. Now, again, it was a very low-alcohol beer. didn't have a lot of content to it uh, or a taste to it in terms of that. But basically, beer and bread were created just around the same time. We've got a link to the article on our Craft Beer Cast page. We'll tweet a link out as well. But pretty, pretty cool uh, when you think about it. But when we come back after a short break, uh, Chuck Garrity, the co-owner of Death of the Fox Fox Brewing down in Clarksboro, New Jersey, will join me. Lots of stuff going on about the New Jersey Athletic Beverage Commission. And uh, Chuck gives his take as well. It's a great take. It's a long interview. Bear with me. It's a lot of fun. We had a good time talking about it. We got into some beers as well. But that's at the very end of the interview. But check it out. Coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's partly cloudy and 55 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. An MTA bus driver is under arrest for exposing himself to two young girls in Brooklyn. Kristen Marks has the details. The NYPD says Matthew Wolfhart was taken into custody Sunday and charged with grand larceny, endangering the welfare of a child and public lewdness. The 28-year-old is accused of driving up to a 14-year-old girl who was walking with a friend near Ridge Boulevard in Bay Ridge last Monday and asking for directions while exposing himself. Police believe he's the same man who, three days later, approached an 11-year-old girl sitting in a parked vehicle on Colonial Road and flashed himself while asking for directions to McDonald's. Kristen Marks, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Kristen. And the Mega Millions jackpot is growing to an estimated $654 million for Tuesday's drawing. That would be the fourth largest lottery prize in U.S. history. Lottery officials said that there was no winner in Friday's drawing, which takes place in 44 states, including Washington, D.C., and the Virgin Islands. In sports, well, the Red Sox rallied over the Houston Astros. 7-5 was that final score in the American League Championship Series as it continues. Jets beat the Colts this afternoon, 42-34, and the Devils also beat the Sharks in the NHL. That final score was 3-2. Traffic delays are very minor now. There was an earlier accident uh, Brooklyn bound at the Verrazano Bridge. That's all cleared. No residual delays. Pretty smooth sailing now at the GWB. In and out. Holland Lincoln Tunnels are all a good ride. City bound. Once you're in town, Harlem River Drive also looks good from Fifth Avenue down towards Willis Avenue Bridge. Weather for tonight. Partly cloudy with increasing clouds and then periods of showers later on. Low 53. For tomorrow, clouds. Periods of rain early on, highs reaching 70, and then on Tuesday, sunny along with a few afternoon clouds, high 59. You now know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. This is Paul Rotella from the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. As seasons begin to change, are you prepared in the event of storms or other emergencies? The Federal Emergency Management Agency encourages everyone to take steps to prepare for emergencies in their homes, schools, businesses, and communities. A recent survey showed that although more than 75% of households have supplies set aside for disasters, less than 50% have a household emergency plan. It's important for every household to take preparedness steps, such as having an emergency supply kit, making a family emergency plan, being informed about the different emergencies that might affect you, having a portable radio and plenty of fresh batteries, and also taking steps to be trained and engaged in community preparedness and response efforts. We also need to have safe and reliable energy. And to deliver that safe and reliable service customers expect and deserve, your hometown energy team at JCPNL is investing more than $400 million to make its electric system more resilient to severe weather. Visit FEMA.gov preparedness for more information. This message is sponsored by the New Jersey Broadcasters Association with funding provided by JCPNL and aired in cooperation with the NJBA and this station. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Hey! All right, welcome back to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, uh, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AGCraftBeerCast via email, albertg.nycradio.com. And, of course, don't forget Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for AGCraftBeerCast. You can download and listen to all these shows uh, right there and Alexa ready as well. So if you got an Alexa, just say, Alexa, I want to listen to the Alga Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970TheAnswer.com. And, boom, there it is 
it will pop up and you can listen to the show right from your Alexa unit. Now, my next guest, he runs a brewery and a coffee joint, the first of its kind in New Jersey, and uh, they are in the uh, same building. He's been outspoken the last several weeks due to the New Jersey ABC ruling that would have affected lots of breweries across the state of New Jersey if it hadn't been upheld for now, I, I'm saying it's kind of a pause right now because there, I, I do believe that there is going to be some change at some point, whether it comes legislatively or whether it comes from the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Commission remains to be seen. DeathOfTheFoxBrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome back Chuck Garrity to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Chuck, how are you? How you doing, Al? Good I'm to hear, uh, hear from you again. Thanks uh, for having me on. Oh, a- absolutely. Anytime. Now, we're going to get to the craziness with the New Jersey ABC in a moment. But first, I've got to ask, how is the brewery and coffee house as a whole uh, doing? Uh, it's absolutely terrific. We've been open now for about a year and two months. We opened August of last year. And, uh, you know, I, when, when, I first, when we first opened, we were a completely new type of business and model. Uh, for the area in the region. We're open seven days a week, uh, much more than most breweries. We're open 7 a.m. Uh, because we are a coffee house. And uh, so that that was, that, yeah, I wasn't really, I, I was confident, but I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out. It's been, it's been absolutely wonderful. We've been uh, embraced by the community. We, the coffee business is terrific. People love their coffee in the morning and at night. In the afternoons and the evening, in addition to the beers, of course, and the beers are my uh, primary focus. And, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to say that you, I'd say when we first opened, it was a little bit of a struggle because we only had a month to brew up after we got the approval from the ABC to right. our opening. So, uh, you know, for uh, two or three months, we had, I would say, less than six beers on tap. Um, I guess maybe a common issue with, with the new brewery opening up, but. Uh, I'm proud to say now we have 16 taps uh, full, and uh, and it's just we have a great variety of both uh, flagships and seasonals, and we're we're gearing up for the fall. We have our Oktoberfest, we have a couple pumpkins and uh, uh, maple and, and apple beers coming. So uh, it's just a really exciting time, uh, and 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 truly, I, I have to say the community and. Everybody around us, and other businesses, that, that's the that's the most fun part of mm-hmm. it because we've just been embraced and and we're loving every day. That's awesome, and we're talk, we're going to talk about some of those beers that's coming up in just a couple of minutes. But the as as we've mentioned here o- over the last several weeks, the Alcohol Beverage Commission of New Jersey decided a few weeks back to institute changes in the way that you guys conduct your business. Uh, how would these new rules, if they were implemented, hurt your business specifically? Well, yeah, you know, we we are we do the majority of our sales uh, through our our tap room, through our tasting room, and uh, we feel that you know, that that is something that makes us unique. That is something that is that you go to other states and you see that you know, especially uh, Pennsylvania, right. uh, Delaware, New York, uh, you know, have many breweries that have this this same model. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have events, at least two to three events a week, sometimes more than that. Uh, this week we have, I think, four or five. Uh, so it, what, what happens is we partner with many other, uh, many other businesses and, and charities, and uh, you know they, whether they be a local, you know, a DJ spinning vinyl, local musicians, 
you know, yoga studios, paint and sip, that type of thing. Uh, tonight we have a yoga night. I mean, and uh, so it's really, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's a central uh, part of what we do to be able to bring people into our establishment and not, not being able to have those events or se- severely limiting those events would be absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, it's just, it's just our model. It's our business model. It's very forward thinking and progressive. Uh, and it's, and it's something that is, uh, that has worked. Yeah. And again, and one of the biggest, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, to, to me, you're, you're not a bar. Like I, I know the argument that everybody is having as well. They're, they're acting as a de facto bar, but, it, but you're not, you can't serve alcohol. You can't serve food. You're serving beer. And and that strikes me as a bit odd as to why they're and, and I get it why the restaurant owners and the bar owners are upset because they pay so much for their liquor license you guys don't but but the but you're offsetting that by the fact that you have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment that you know is devalued over time the moment you buy it and I equated it like as if you're buying a car when you buy a car and you spend twenty grand on a car the moment you drive that car off the lot it's not worth twenty thousand anymore it depreciates in value much. Much like your brewery equipment, whereas the restaurant and bar owner, their liquor license can go up in value depending on what happens. So the, one of the things that bothers me about this whole, you know, these regulations that they wanted to uh, implement was the fact that, OK, you can only hold up to 52 events at your brewery, but they wanted a list of the people that were actually there and you had to provide it to the state. That strikes me as odd. That constitutes a privacy issue. Don't, don't you agree? And unfortunately, during that week. Uh, during that one week where the law was technically in place, right. we, uh, we were approached by two different uh, – uh, we were approached all the time about private events. Mm-hmm. But I had to tell them that, per the law, we have to provide your attendance list to the state in addition to how much was consumed at the event. Right. And and both were, were said, you know what, maybe we'll step back. We're not comfortable with that. And uh, so I'm looking at potential lost business just just based on the week that it was uh, it was enacted. Now now I was able to uh, hopefully I'm I'm working on getting one of those uh, those parties back. I think the other one went somewhere else. That's, so that, that's that, that was that led to a direct loss of business for us. Right, uh, and then we're talking about with... disclose that honestly, and I completely agree. I mean, it is such a privacy uh, violation. Why should why should anything like that be provided to the state? Right. Talking with Chuck Garrity here, the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing, and they're located in Clarksboro, New Jersey, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So David Ribble, the, the guy, or Ribel, however you pronounce his name, the guy who runs the NJABC, says, or, or basically a spokesperson said, that they reached out to many of the craft breweries in the state uh, you know, when they were enacting this and, and putting this together and then in their press release and they said it was being uh, upheld for now until they can uh, figure things out. Chuck, I'm going to ask you directly. Were you contacted by the NJABC to participate in any event to discuss rule changes? Well, we actually reached out. So we reached out to um, – but the thing is, I guess I'll take a step back. Mm. So – uh, the the Brewers Associations, both the Guild and the Brewers Association, there's two, one representing the larger breweries, one representing medium to smaller-sized breweries, uh, were both at the table for months with the ABC. Okay. Uh, that is absolutely true. Um, the thing about that is they 
on the most part, represent medium to large size breweries, especially compared to what we call, you know, Main Street small macro breweries. Right, macro. Yeah, yeah, even smaller than that. Right. You know, the ones that really depend on their tasting room mm-hmm. for the majority of, of their revenues. Uh, we were not at the table. Uh, we, you know, breweries our size were not at the table you know, negotiating this, and we were very alarmed by it. Um, so what I did uh, was form a consortium of, I guess, uh, you know, uh, five or six very similar uh, downtown breweries. Um, I expressed my concern to the NJBA, and we basically took things into our own hands and contacted our legislators and set up a meeting in July directly between uh, us and and uh, Director Rival and also the Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. So we did we we did sit down and have one meeting. Uh, we we basically predicted exactly what was going to happen in terms of the public backlash, um, the issues, and especially. And the thing is, what happened after that meeting is we had a rough draft that was provided uh, by the Brewers Association to us. The final ruling was actually much more strict and and punitive than the draft that we even had in July. Wow. So, so when we sat down, expressed our concerns, we thought things, you know, we were getting a voice and we thought things would, would potentially improve. And it actually went the other way. So, so, uh, so essentially, essentially they took upgrade. your, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but essentially they took your ideas, they took your concerns and they basically threw them out the window and said, no, this is what we're going to do. Exactly. And, and so a, a great example of that is on the earlier version, there was no limitation on private events. It was unlimited, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. But then they came back and limited the private events and also required the guest lists and all of that. You know, we we had major concerns about the removing of the menus because the menus, number one, it's a, it's, it's a great convenience to our customers. Right. Of course, they have cell phones and they can dial up any. But the thing about it is just having the paper menus, especially for our older customers and things like that, it's just a nice convenience. They can yeah. order in. And it's helping out other businesses. Yeah, they were they're restricting business as opposed to promoting business. Right, but the interesting thing is that most of those restaurants that have those those menus mm. do not have an alcohol license. Pizza places, uh, you know, Asian restaurants, things like that. Right. So I right. think that you know when we talk about restaurants, mm-hmm. the ones that were really pushing uh, this rule, we have to understand that the restaurants, these are restaurants that have a liquor license. Yep. Um, read between the lines there. So, yeah. So too bad, just like, and, and in a way, mm. I feel that, you know, just like the downtown and Main Street breweries were kind of the <laughs> ignored stepchild of <clears throat> this legislation, I kind of feel on, on the restaurant side, you know, the, uh, you know, the smaller restaurants were the ones that, that do not have a liquor license really uh, got, got, got the, uh, the short end of the straw when it came and, and actually, you know, had their businesses impacted. Because, you know, we had to remove all the menus. Right. They, they drop off the menus every week. Right. <laughs> no, hundred percent. It hurts. It hurts their businesses, and that's not good. We're talking with Chuck Garrity. He's the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing, located in Clarksboro, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, Chuck. I, I've put up this premise before on the show over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to ask you, and I want to get your opinion on it. Do you agree or disagree with the premise that these rule changes should be legislated on by the folks in Trenton? 
and make clear-cut rules as to what you can or cannot do in the confines of a brewery, or do you think the New Jersey uh, ABC should be making these rules? I will, I, I will throw out a third option, okay. uh, which I think is probably most realistic. Number one, I, I really feel like that you know, the basic groundwork needs to come through the legislature as opposed to you know, one individual at the ABC, at Department of ABC, which I will also remind you that that, that position has changed five times in the last five years. Mm-hmm. So what's really frustrating as a business owner and a brewery owner is that there could be, you know, a new ABC director after direct arrival who has a completely different take on the uh, intent of the legislation. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly all of our business models change again. Right. So that's way too variable for me. So it, it already has been because there was already pushback because of the fact that we are a coffee house as well. And that, that, that took a lot of work to get, to get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's no way to run a business. And, you know, there's a point, those, that position is appointed all the time. Uh, and, and it's a revolving door, I guess you would say. Um, so it needs to come through the legislature. But I will say that the third option is, is which is probably most realistic, is that this should lie with the municipalities at the local level. Mm. Just like municipalities, uh, you know, can say whether their town is dry or not or what, what, what hours uh, bars and restaurants can be open um, and what, what can happen uh, based on the culture and based on how you know, progressive or conservative that, uh, that community is, well, that's, you know, then the breweries know, okay, well, you know, this community is open to us and, or this, you know, let's not invest in this community because it doesn't seem like they really want a brewery. Mm-hmm. Although it seems like a lot of municipalities, they're all, standing in line right now because they know about the positive impact. But I really feel that this needs to, this, most of this needs to live at the local level where, you know, it's, they, they really know exactly what is going to fit in their town. So um, I, I, I think that it's, that's, that's the thing that I would hope the legislature would, would, and I think that they are considering that as far as I hear, pushing this down to the local level. Uh, Chuck, I think that's a great idea, and I think the municipalities, I think, would love it because you're right. A lot of them do want these breweries in their towns because they know that it it brings in money uh, to that particular town, depending on the brewery, depending on the size of the town. It's it's definitely, I think, something that should be considered. Last question from me, Chuck. Uh, we're into October now. What kind of beers do you have coming out uh, for the winter? Yeah, so uh, right now we we are just uh, we're rolling out our our, uh, our we have a big uh, Oktoberfest coming up over the next week. So we are our seasonals. We we have a, uh, a maple porter. We have two pumpkin ales, one lighter called Scrumptious Pumpkins, and then a, a darker one. And then we start getting into Thanksgiving. We have a cranberry Kolsch coming. Uh, we have and then getting into our our winter beers. Um, we have we have one called Not My Gumdrop Button, which is a gingerbread stout, which oh. was really popular last year. Uh, we have some darker beers, our Doppelbox, um, and things like that coming. Uh, some holiday, uh, one or two, um, like spicy kind of you know holiday ales coming. So uh, we're really excited about the the fall is a great time for us, and uh, we really like kind of getting creative. We like having a balance of both lagers and ales. Uh, and so, and as I said, you know, we have 16 full taps now, so a great variety. Um, there's definitely so a beer for everybody's, there's, the there's definitely a beer for everybody's palate, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I that, that we get that feedback a lot. You know, we and a lot of times people think that craft beer, you know, especially those novices think that all craft beer is heavy and dark and that type of thing. Right. And uh, and we say, you know, just because it's craft doesn't mean it's it shouldn't be balanced and drinkable. That's and really, that's that's right in our logo. It's it's clarity and balance. Um, and and that is uh, that, that's kind of what we strive for. That's awesome. My guest has been Chuck Garrity, uh, Garrity, the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing. They're located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Chuck, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Talk to you soon. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds, and that's next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Answer New York skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Answer New York. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 970, the Answer. Did you know that studies have shown that we need over 10 servings of fruits and veggies every single day? If you're like me, it's hard to find the time and money to prepare and eat all of those fruits and vegetables. Who can do that? Yet we know that proper nutrition can prevent health problems, give us energy, and help us heal faster. Balance of Nature has spent over 20 years researching and delivering solutions to this problem. We can ensure that you consume over 30 different fruits and veggies every single day. Our capsules are filled with 100% real whole foods. There isn't a single thing added to Balance of Nature products. They're pure. We spent an incredible amount of time on the quality of our products. We do this for you. We do it for our own families. Give yourself a break and give your body what it needs. Call now to receive 35% off your first Balance of Nature order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code the answer. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6. Mike Gallagher at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. That's Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Uh, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to the Craft Beer Casts on those two platforms. We are also Alexa Ready. Just say to your Alexa, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and there you go. You get to hear it on your Alexa unit as well. 
A uh, little chicken foot there. The boys, Sammy and the boys, they played uh, last weekend was their big uh, Huntington uh, Beach uh, cars and music and food bash that Sammy Hagar put on. I uh, heard it was a, uh, a really good time. That would have been a very cool event uh, to go to out in Huntington Beach, California, just to see all the classic cars that they had set up. The music, obviously, was a lot of great bands, not only Sammy and, and Chickenfoot, but a lot of other bands as well. I think Oreo Speedwagon played and a bunch of others. Would have been a really cool event to go and check out. But let's get into Suds and Duds. That is our segment uh, where I discuss the various beers that I've had over the past week. And I tell you whether I like them, which would be a Suds, or if I didn't like them, and that would be a Dud. And I'm back in kind of the drinking game again. I took a couple of weeks off just to kind of reset the palate a little bit. But I'm, I'm back out again trying and sampling different beers. So uh, first off, thank you to a lot of the breweries that send uh, beer to me so that I can try them for review. I very much appreciate that. Um, and also, it's great to get out and get to uh, the various pubs and stuff uh, to check out all the different things that are going on. That is, uh, it, that, that's even more important. You know, it's great to be able to sit at home and try different things. But to be honest with you, when you can actually interact with people, and we as a society don't do that as much these days. So, when it, you know, it's a good to get out there amongst the people, as they say. All right, so let's kick it off. One of my favorite places to go to uh, when I want to sample some really great beer and uh, eat some delicious food. Uh, Paragon Tap and Table, right off of uh, the Garden State Parkway, exit 135 in Clark, New Jersey. It started off with the, the cuvee uh, from uh, uh, Brauger. Uh, I know I'm getting that wrong. It's a, it's a really good, sour, puckery, yet smooth going down beer. Kind of a, a, a little more of a wine taste than a beer taste. Uh, and again, as I've uh, been telling everybody over the last couple of, of weeks, couple of months, I've been enjoying sours a lot more now. I miss Paragon Sour Night because I wasn't drinking uh, at the time, but they had one of them still left on tap, so I was able to sample it, and it is very, very good, a really good uh, beer. The uh, the Cuvee, uh, you definitely want to check that out. It's spelled C-U-V-E-E. Definitely want to check that out if it is on tap uh, at your favorite establishment. And then what happened uh, about a week and a half ago, actually almost two weeks ago, uh, my buddy Brian from Peerless Beverage had uh, shot me a message and said, listen, uh, we're doing an Oktoberfest thing at Paragon. would love for you to stop by. Uh, if you're available, you're in the area, you want to come by. So, of course, being that Paragon is only a couple minutes from my house, I said, you know what, let me go over. haven't seen Brian in a couple of months. I definitely want to check out what they're having. And, of course, he goes, I'm buying. I'll buy the first round. All right, well, you're buying the first round. I'm there. So um, what's really cool is they had a number of different uh, beers there uh, from a number of different breweries to celebrate Oktoberfest. Uh, the, um, one of the ones that I found really delicious was the collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Vine and Stefana. Um, th- this Oktoberfest is really good. Caramel flavors, the malt, uh, very, very smooth going down. A really good Oktoberfest beer. And Sierra Nevada and Vine and Stefana have been um, collaborating on a number of different things. I encourage you to get this. Now, obviously, it's only on tap for a, little, for a short while. I know they, put, they start putting the Oktoberfest and the pumpkin beers out in August, and I can never drink a pumpkin beer, first of all. It's very rare that I drink a pumpkin beer to begin with. But uh, to be honest with you, August is way too early for me to sample a pumpkin beer. Maybe an Oktoberfest, depending. Sometimes it gets, you know, you get that one day where it's cool in August. You know, maybe I'd have one. But uh, honestly, 
September, October is the months really to enjoy those Oktoberfest beers, even into November. I mean, you can you can pretty much drink an Oktoberfest beer up to November, you know, the end of Thanksgiving. Then you want to start kicking in with winter and December, and you want to get into those darker beers, the Stouts and the Porters, that's fine. But the Oktoberfest from Vine and Stefano in Sierra Nevada is definitely one that you want to check out. Uh, then I had... Um, Let's see, what was the other one? Oh, from Brooklyn Brewery. Now, this was really good, the Oktoberfest. Um, ended up uh, meeting up with one of the reps, Alex, uh, who we've had on the program before. He was with us at Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza uh, just off of Route 4. God, was that a, that was a year ago in April uh, that we did that little uh, broadcast where we had um, Brooklyn beers pairing up with different pizzas from Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza. This was great. Uh, the malt was The malt flavor was good. Again, another smooth beer going down. Oktoberfest beers are really, really, they're really hard to screw up. Let's put it that way, right? I mean, this is a really good beer. And again, another consistent, consistently good beer from Brooklyn Brewery. Enjoyed it immensely. Um, in fact, uh, I think I like it a little bit more than the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. And Sam, Sam Adams, uh, to those folks, thanks for sending me a bunch of the beers uh, for October. I am going to get to try them. Uh, this actually, I'm probably trying them this coming weekend, and then I'll review them hopefully on next week's program because I want to get them out of the way because you know they do have a shelf life, so you don't want to have them sitting for too long. But that the um, the Brooklyn uh, Oktoberfest, the 2018, very very good. Highly encourage it. Now, Alex had had suggested to me if I liked sours to try one particular sour that they had on tap, the Bel Air sour, and as he described it, and I will agree with him on this one. This was the Bel Air Sour by Brooklyn Brewery. It tasted like a Sour Patch Kid without the sweetness. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, it it kind of had that sour pucker, but sometimes the sour gets a little sweet. That didn't do this on this one. Uh, it, it was just a nice, easygoing, and as he said it, uh, Alex, unapproachable sour. Kettle sour, one that you can kind of give to somebody that really isn't into sours and kind of introduce them to it. Um, we've talked about this before. That's the other thing with sours. It takes time for your palate to adjust uh, to anything that you try that's new. Uh, Charlie Bachman from, um, uh, oh, my God, Icarus, Bre- uh, not Icarus, excuse me, Cypress Brewing uh, over in Edison had said that in an interview not too long ago. It takes your palate between eight and ten times uh, for you to enjoy a particular beer or anything food wise okay so you got to keep trying 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 until you figure out all right you know what i really don't like this and i used this example with my son the other day about broccoli rob broccoli rob is a bitter vegetable people put lots of garlic in it and stuff to kind of cut that bitterness but you either you have to eat broccoli rob a number of times in order to get used to it if you if you really like it you might not like it after four or five tries but again he's saying charlie you got to try something between eight and ten times in order to figure out if you like it or not. So I, I will subscribe to that theory because I didn't like sours for a long time, and now all of a sudden I do. Now, I thought it was the change uh, because of the chemo and the radiation that I had, and that could be uh, because of my cancer. Could be, but not not 100% sure. So uh, definitely have to check that out. But the Bel Air Sour, a kettle sour by Brooklyn Brewery, you definitely want to check that out. It is really good. As we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Wet Ticket Brewing has put out a new IPA, a New England style. Excellent. They had it on tap over at Paragon and uh, definitely got a chance to try it. The Never Too Late. And honestly, this one might be one of the best IPAs they have, uh, they've produced. Juicy, uh, a little pineapple, got a, got a little bit of that fruit flavor in there. 
Uh, really, really good. And again, I like the juicy beers. I'm all right with juicy beers. I, it's not the I, it's not the norm for me with IPAs. I want that bitter bite, but this one is really good. And I've talked about it before. Wet Ticket is knocking it out of the park with their beers. And, and plain and simple, if you haven't been to Rawway yet, if you haven't checked out Wet Ticket, I encourage you to do so. Take the ride over on the train. It's just it's five six stops. Uh, on New Jersey Transit. It is really worth it if you're coming from the city. Uh, I highly recommend it. And then finally, I had the Double Barrel Ale by Firestone Walker at a new restaurant that Chef Eric Levine is is partnering up with. It's called Mr. Krabby's, uh, uh, what is it, Mr. Krabby's Craft Kitchen and Bar. And I'll tell you, the chef is knocking it out of the park. Very seafood heavy. Had a uh, char-grilled octopus that they grilled in their brick oven. Uh, it was fantastic with an ancho chili sauce, potatoes, and uh, chorizo. It was excellent. And the the, uh, the double barrel ale by Firestone Walker is made specifically for Mr. Krabby's. Nice and mild, decent amount of bitterness. Uh, again, like I said, it's made for the restaurant. Excellent. This is a great place in Randolph, New Jersey, just off of Route 10. Uh, if you have not had a chance, they got a big parking lot, big area, uh, big room in the restaurant. Make their own desserts. Uh, I posted a picture on Instagram of all the stuff that we had. It was fantastic. You definitely want to check this place out, Mr. Krabby's and Chef Eric Levine and his great food. And then finally, to wrap it up, the Rise Up Rye by Gunhill Brewing. Uh, we had um, a Chef Z on last week, and we had Dave Lopez on from Gunhill Brewing. Got a chance to try this Rye Sesson. Light, spiced, very good, slight peach flavor. It was excellent. I really enjoyed it. And thank you to Chef Z and Holly Garman for bringing me the uh, the Rise Up Rye. This was an excellent beer and well-deserving of a bronze medal in the rye category at the Great American Beer Festival just a couple of weeks ago. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. <laughs>